Good afternoon and welcome. Mark Watts from UMO Finance. Thank you very much indeed for allowing us to interview you and get some of your pearls of wisdom to help people through the challenging financial times that we are facing. Fantastic. Thanks, James. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So my name is Mark, Humor Finance, as you mentioned. We are finance intermediaries for both businesses and property investors, developers. That means we spend a lot of time working with business owners, small, medium and large enterprises um, who need answers on what sort of funding they need. So that could take the form of loans, revolving credit facilities, such as overdrafts, that sort of thing. And we'll work with them to formulate a plan as to how we get certain projects financed over the short, medium and longer term. Why, Mark, would they come to you and not go to their local bank? Very good question. My first part of call whenever somebody comes to me is, have you spoken to your bank? That's the obvious answer. That should be really where you want to go. That's where your relationship should sit. They should have a, a deep and meaningful understanding of your business. However, we know in reality that people make a business and banks don't have the headcount anymore to provide the service levels that we were once accustomed to. So there's a lot of frustration, speed of response, not being able to get to the right person at the right level to have the right conversation. And they'll often come to ourselves who've got experience. I'm ex-banker myself, so I used to work with HSBC in commercial banking. So we've got a broad skill set. The other thing as well is banks understand their own credit policy. They don't necessarily understand what you can get as a whole of a marketplace. So whilst HSBC might have said no, Lloyds may have said yes. So you'll only ever get one version of answer. So you're a very valuable commodity, poacher turned gamekeeper, because I think it goes without saying that many businesses will be very nervous about their cash situation at the moment and, and how they're going to eke out their finances until we come out of this the other end. I mean, what advice would you offer? Absolutely, cash is king. And I think each sector, uh, each business sector will have its own challenges. We're based in Wales. We've just had the announcement that as of Friday, the pub sector will not be allowed to serve alcoholic drinks for the, certainly for the next, until December the 17th, the next three weeks. So there's, a, there's an entirely separate challenge to one that perhaps a manufacturing business would have. So I think the key to it ultimately is there are some practical things you can do within a business over and above going out and seeking borrowing. The challenge we've got in the current climate is that everybody's trying to do these same practices. And those are, have a look at your clients. Is there a way in which you can reduce the terms that you're offering your clients? So therefore you're getting the money for your services a little bit quicker than you normally would. Um, and secondly, then, is there a way in which perhaps your, your creditors, so those who you owe money to, you can ask perhaps for, for longer terms on. So therefore, your working capital cycle will shrink and that money sits in your bank account for a little bit longer than ordinarily would, meaning that you're a bit more liquid. So any bumps in the road are more easily serviced. So very quickly, you see that money sitting in your bank account for a, a significant amount of time longer. I mean, certainly, again, it probably goes without saying that people nowadays must think creatively about their businesses, but thinking creatively about their finances is often much more of a challenge because people don't innately understand what their finances, what their P&L is saying to them about their business. Do you find this? Absolutely. I think people often look forward to the profit, but forget there's a cost to actually get to that profitable position in the first place. So it's some of the deep understanding of your own working capital cycle 
what we've done with businesses in the past is to break down each individual transaction to understand how long that cycle lasts. Because business is ultimately just a series of transactions done over and over again. And once you've got numerous cycles on the go, that's where your cash can get absorbed. There are businesses that are actually cash flow positive, where you get the money in before you have to spend it. So can you look at perhaps taking deposits up front, pro forma businesses? And there's also a need now, I think more than ever, to have an understanding if you are going to offer any form of credit to your client, that you really understand are they financially safe in the current climate to continue offering those services. Worst case scenario is that you extend a credit facility to a client, they can't pay, and ultimately it's you that takes the loss. And given where we are in the world, there's not many businesses that can suffer bad losses. Mm. No, very, very true. And of course, many businesses will have taken advantage over the quite generous, in certain cases, government loans and, and grants, etc, etc. But that's sort of coming to an end. And I mean, I think next spring is when some of them come to uh, um, maturity or whatever the, the expression is. How are people going to plan their way through this and, and into the future? Well, they can come and speak to you for a start about planning. So <laughs> that's one thing they can definitely do. Um, well, that is not that is not why you were asked to have an interview. We're, <laughs> we're, we're deliberately asking you because of your expertise and you know finance expertise. But thanks for the plug anyway. No, you're welcome. No, but see, all, all seriousness, planning is, forms a major part of, of what goes on. Obviously, the difficulty at the moment is the plans are changing almost daily. Therefore, it's really tough to, to plan the, the, the things that you simply can't see coming down the road. That said, there's a reason why the government have allowed people to top up their bounce back loans. There's a reason why you can replace a bounce back loan with a Seabills loan is because invariably people won't ask for enough. Okay, so and they don't ask for enough because they think they're going to get told no because it's too much. So planning and understanding what the next 6, 12, 18 months could potentially look like is going to be key to make sure that under the current schemes of C-bills and, and bounce back loans, that you maximise the application to, to get the right sum of money to see you through that process. If it transpires in six months' time, it's too much. Give it back. You can't go back a third, fourth time once the scheme ends to top up that money. So by having a, a distinct plan over the short, medium, and perhaps longer term would mean that that application for, say, £100,000 may need to be 160, 170 to get it there, as long as you can afford it, of course. And there's no other repayment charges on this money. You can, you can pay back that, that money or keep it in capital reserves. And it's about being cash is king. The money's cheap money. It's not free. You do have to pay for it, but that capital reserves will mean that, well, we all know if you've got a bit more money in your bank account and something goes wrong, it's a lot less painful than if your bank account is empty and something goes wrong. So on the subject of reserves, I, I was hearing the other day on the radio about how every company ought to build up their cash reserves. Well, that's not so easy if you can't trade. And in particular, the hotel trade uh, must be really suffering. Is there a way out for them in the cash area? I think the hospitality sector is going to be exceptionally difficult. They're going to be heavily reliant on subsidies, grant funding going forward, as you, because as you quite rightly say, they can't trade their way out of that going forward. The obvious thing to look at is your cost base. However, given the fact that things are changing on a weekly basis, and perhaps orders need to be made in a week or two weeks time, can you get ahead of that cycle? And likely not. Building up cash reserves in this current climate is exceptionally challenging. 
for, for a lot of sectors. I think it comes down to having a look at where your expenses lie, looking at your staff, your headcount, your skill sets, and it's effectively about driving efficiencies in the business to make sure that your bottom line is as low as it can be, sorry, your cost base is as low as it can be, so that your profit margins are as high as they can be. Wherever possible, living within your means, the same as your personal budget, you, you try to spend less than you earn, exactly the same principle on business. Easier said than done because it's far more complex, of course, but it's looking for those quick efficiencies. Can you use technology to speed up a process? It's, it really is trying to keep that margin as big as possible between what your cost is and what your revenue is. And so having your expertise is very valuable to companies and they can always come and talk to you and get this sort of unique advice for their unique position. Is that the sort of way it works? Absolutely. All of the businesses, the answers are are largely the same. The challenges that a business face are largely the same. They're just in different sectors and they have different solutions to it. So everybody is still chasing the revenue and trying to keep their cost base as low as possible. They're basic fundamentals of business. I guess where we can add value is to understand what are the unique challenges within your business, because every business within sectors will have different challenges. Just understanding what those are and understanding that certain lenders have certain risk appetite. Now, you may be exceptionally profitable, have 25 years trading history, be almost the perfect client for a, a high street bank. However, you could be in the same sector, the same industry, not quite as profitable, only be trading for three years. You take that to a bank and they might actually reject the application. Although on paper, they're largely the same. So having that ability to go across the whole of market means that we can tailor which lenders fit which clients. And also means that we've got a broad um, spectrum of products available to us. A bank will only offer a a fixed uh, amount of products. The alternative finance market has to be has to be more inventive to compete with banks. So there are uh, are some interesting offerings with other providers. That's fascinating, fascinating. Thank you for this positive approach because there will be many companies out there who are looking for somebody to talk to about their particular problems. And of course, being positive is is extremely important for for the future. But I don't wish to cast a downer on it. But there's Brexit coming around the corner. Are there sort of particular financial uh, things that somebody ought to do, even if they're not trading abroad? Absolutely. Coupled with COVID, access to finance may likely be restricted. Uh, I'm not saying it will. We want to remain positive about these things. But back to planning, you need to plan for the worst so that you end up with the best, hopefully. Not just on a finance perspective as well. So even businesses that think that's fine, that's okay, I'm a a UK business, I I run import, I run export. It's having a consideration for actually your supply chain. It may be two steps removed that they actually import the raw materials from overseas. So I would suggest that all businesses need to look at where their goods come from and could there be an interruption in that service or, or that product being delivered to your doorstep so that you can sell it on. In addition to that, there's tariffs. You may not have the supply chain interrupted, but will the cost of that raw material go up? If that raw material goes up, then it's going to go straight onto your gross margin. And then we're, we're back to that position then where you need to look at your pricing and, and these sorts of things. So there's a whole thought process that needs to get your business Brexit proof over and above all the other issues that are going on about trying to get some trade agreement with the US and, and that sort of stuff. There are some practical things you can do within your business just to really understand if, if something doesn't go right with a certain country, we can still get our supply from 
a different country and, and not have that major disruption. Well, we certainly face a, a few challenges ahead and we look forward to, to Christmas being a time of good cheer. And uh, then come the new year, we'll face these challenges. But it's nice to know that there are people out there like yourself who are very willing and are expert at helping people through some of their challenges. So thank you very much indeed, Mark, for taking the time to be interviewed for these HGKC shorts, forgive the pun. But I, what we're trying to do is to provide valuable advice to people to help them face the future. So thank you for participating. Extremely valuable. Thanks a lot. You, you're very welcome. And thank you again for having me. Thank you.